0: Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Uri Jedi. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast where we take a moment to acknowledge that we are all in this together. Through enlightening conversations and personal insights, we like to connect with individuals just like you who show us how they are bringing a little bit of awesomeness in their individual journeys. Our hope is to encourage you to always keep pushing and to stay awesome along the way. You know what they say when they ask you, check in on your strong friend? That is very true, even with those closest to you, whether you're your relatives, your parents, or your very close friends. A couple of weeks ago, I checked in with my friend, Emmanuel, Just, you know, the way I usually do with some of you. Like, you know, some of you are in my close circles, in my WhatsApp groups. You know, I'll just check in with you randomly. Like, hey, what's up? You know, just thinking about you. Like, you know, just want to wish you a good day. But the reply really shook me. Emmanuel actually sent me a photo directly from her hospital bed. And she only just told me a couple of words as follows. When we give everything to our children and when we neglect our own health. I've been in the hospital for three days. And that shook me for more reasons than one. Because if anyone knows Emmanuel, especially me, as a single mother, as a dedicated mother, as a powerfully exemplary mother, the last person I would think would actually be in such a vulnerable state would be Emmanuel. So... I checked in, making sure she was okay. A couple of days later, obviously she left the hospital. You know, she's back. You know, doing her thing after this ordeal. And out of nowhere, I very spontaneously, I must say, Emmanuel did reach out to me and basically mentioned how she wanted to get on the podcast to share what she was feeling, um, what she had been through, and how this had shifted her compass, if you will, in terms of how she, having always been, you know, the supermom, had had to basically take her foot off the gas and pull on the brake a bit. And how this projected reality of perfection and trying to, as she put it, check all the boxes in regards to how We love, take care, and nurture our kids can often come at a very high price if we're not careful. I often like to say we don't give, we cannot give what we don't have, and sometimes parenting, you are reminded quite often, is very hard work. This is a conversation that might be uncomfortable for some of you, as we basically sat down as two individuals, two friends, two lifelong friends, and just talked about so many things from parenting to motherhood to her personal ordeal um, to isolation to feeling abandoned um, some feelings of resentment some feelings of pain this is a conversation that is filled with emotion and very revealing if not again uncomfortably so in some parts I asked for your indulgence as Emmanuel and I recorded over an evening where her son was actually still in the background, so you can hear him into the background now. So please forgive us for these uh, unfortunate technical difficulties. But if you'll just, like, you know, look beyond that and just focus on the conversation at hand, I'm sure some of you will recognize yourself. Some of you might want to pay attention a little bit more. And for those of you who don't have children yet, this might also be a very educational piece. We always try throughout all these conversations to learn uh, from our guests. This was a very, very powerful conversation, a very emotionally charged one, um, but a very worthy one, as I believe that in the realm of parenting, there are some truths that uh, we unfortunately do not speak, even though we know they're there. So, without further ado, my conversation with Emmanuel Lee, episode 91, Awaken the Awesome. Here we go. So, welcome back. Thank uh, you. It's been a while. It's always fun to catch up because, you know, we're your family. And it's always uh, a treat, you know, to get your very unfiltered and unabashed commentary <laughs> on everything, you know. Because you and I have conversations, you know, at length, you know, about life and, you know, especially parenting. So, you've definitely got your fair share. Obviously, this, right off the bat, I just want to tell you how much, you know, I acknowledge you for everything that you do. And especially how um, unequivocally dedicated you are uh, to motherhood and your son, uh, who is an ex- a success in all in his own, seven years old and still going on strong, beautiful, kind, warm-hearted young boy, so smart, so witty. Um, and that definitely comes from your nurturing and for, you know, your uh, unapologetic uh, dedication to uh, being a mom and a uh, single mom. And I'm not going to hide the fact from that, you know, because I'm not trying to just like just throw shade because it's another pair. It's a total different reality that I can't possibly understand, but I can only imagine. Um, but it was important to have this conversation because as often as, you know, you, a lot of people say, you know, you want to celebrate, you know, parenting. You want to celebrate your kids. And there are so many joys that you can't even define when you have kids. But also there's I believe, you know, in this PC culture that we're going through right now. A lot of people forget the fact that you're human beings as well. And parents, you have your own emotions, you go through insecurities, and you go through your own personal traumas. And that's the conversation, I think, you know, that needs to be had. And that's, you know, that's where we're opening the floor of just totally being vulnerable and talking about these things, these insecurities, and again, these sacrifices that we make for our kids. So welcome. It's nice to have you back, man.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I'm back. Um, I mean, whoever needs earplugs, whoever needs holy water, go ahead and grab it because it's me again.
0: (laughs) I know we're laughing, but definitely what got us back connected is because I got a little worried, man, when I hit you up on WhatsApp. Something happened. But again, the same way that you put it, the things we do for our kids and we forget ourselves. And I just, you know, just walk us through that, man. What happened?
1: Um. I picked a pill. You know, it's just like the matrix. Parenthood life is like a matrix. I I picked a pill. So you've got your red pill where you can provide. And you've got your blue pill where you have to be a parent. And that means sacrificing a lot. Sacrificing your time as a parent. Sacrificing your time as a human being. Your health. I ended up sacrificing a little bit of my health. Um, You know, thank you for the compliments that you gave me about William uh, it takes a village. You know, I didn't raise him on my own. I have an amazing brother who really does a lot that he shouldn't <laughs> when it comes to my son. My mother is always there, my sister. I have a support system um, that shouldered me while I was unable to accept a reality that is honestly plain as day and the parental community, but that nobody speaks of. And that is, when you are worn out to the point of exhaustion, who do you lean on? Who's your support system? Like, who do you reach out to? And Haiti, they tell you, but, I mean, and then they can go ahead and send you over, and you'll start over. But in the meantime, while the wood is hurting... While you are folding under all this pressure, who is there to shoulder you up? Your support system. I'm lucky enough that mine was my family and that I was not judged. And I was nurtured while I was in trouble and while I was sick. And I think that's what matters the most. And to giving that result with my child, he did not feel that mommy needed help at that moment. But he could still see changes. You know, he realized I'm much skinnier. (laughs) That's for sure. Um, He realized that I have now begun to pace myself and giving us a different lifestyle. Um, And, you know, super mom no longer can be Um, super mom. I'm learning to just be mom without being super mom. You know what I mean? You can't... You can't do everything. You can't be everywhere and not every problem is your own. You know, if it's not your monkeys, it's not your circus.
0: What does that say about this culture that this growing culture, this increasing culture, because it's something that you see everywhere all the time in the blogs and it's like this 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 um dare <clears throat> I say, you know, projected reality of perfection where we're trying to be the end all and be all of our kids needs while forgetting at the same fact that, you know, it's part of life to, you know, dissatisfaction is part of life. Hurt is part of life. You know, not getting what you want is part of life. Disappointment is part of life, but we so care about them. We want to shelter them so much. Why do we try so hard?
1: Honestly, we're not trying hard. This is the bare minimum that we can provide to human beings that didn't ask to be born. I mean, your child did not send you, you know, like a, a, an SMS from your loins until you're like, hey, buddy, it's my time now. Make me shine. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they weren't born with a platinum credit card and a diploma and everything else that they will need to survive, which mm-hmm. you have been provided by your own parents. So with the technicality to take on life and bring life into this world and accepting to raise it and care for it, it means that you are no longer putting yourself first. That's a choice. Now, the question is how much? Um, I took that literally. You no longer put yourself first. And I forgot to take care of myself. Like, I, I got sick. I, I just, there's no other way to say it, but you know things are bad when mm-hmm. the hospital tells you comfort and care and monitoring. Like, there's no treatment. Let's just, we're just going to have to watch you forever.
0: <laughs> comfort so, and care monitoring. So things got really pretty bad.
1: That is correct. I was kept under the and um, the observation ward. But, you know, all the very sick people. I was probably the youngest on the ward. And, um, and you had the ones with the heart monitors and the one that was dying on my left. I had a very interesting conversation with that one. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, she, she was telling me I was too young to be there. My heart kept tacking at different levels. I would go from 69 to 132 under sedative I tacked in my sleep yeah it's the little things you know from in January I was about 180 pounds and right now I'm 131 pounds with clothes and a full purse
0: (laughs) and And, while you're at the hospital what are you thinking because your head's got to be a a whole bunch of places
1: honestly I was a pain for the nurses I I was the only patient. I was like, can you go ahead and do a full adrenal workout, please? Can you go ahead and, you know, go ahead and inject me with the iodine for the MRI? And all I was caring about was to make sure that every test was done and every box was checked so that I could go back home because my son was graduating in two days. It doesn't stop. All I was thinking about was, oh, my God, I've been in the hospital for a week already and all my bills are on autopay. It really doesn't stop. You know, like, oh, I know I left my son in great, capable hands with my brother, but is he giving him a hard time? You know, it does not stop. The guilt doesn't stop. The, 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 the need to know what is going on and the worry doesn't stop. And because it doesn't stop, we tend to give it precedence over everything else, our well-being or even the child's well-being. It's not that important to your kid that, let's say, the silverware matches. You know what I mean? It's not that important to your kid that he doesn't have that specific balloon for his birthday. But it is important to him that you wake up in the morning and you have time to have breakfast with him. It's the little things that I had found so major that I built up. And as sad as it is, that got me sick. I riddled myself with, first off, anxiety. And, and being anxious, I also ended up building up an actual illness in my body. I made myself sick.
0: By taking on so much, by being so convinced that you have to do it all, like you put the term, supermom, you put that Correct. physical strain on your body with these unfortunate results.
1: Correct. We're always trying to, you know, the working and having to meet, certain goals, financial goals, trying to meet certain lifestyle goals, trying to um, you bring a little bit of joy because, you know, everybody works and comes home right away. But mm-hmm. when you work and come home and then he wants to go to the movie theater or he wants to go play with his friends, one. he wants to go play with his friends or, you know, little things like that that make me feel that I can't just come home and tell him I want to go to sleep. I can't just come home and tell him I don't have the funds right now. I have to make it happen.
0: You have to make it happen.
1: I have to make it happen. So I will pull that double shift, that triple shift. I will do it. I lost my friends. No social life because I'm busy working and I'm not interested in going out because the priorities that they have, the things they want to do, are not the things I want to do. You know, at Friday at 1 o'clock in the morning, they want to go out and have drinks. I kind of want to stay home, have a glass of wine, and then you leave at midnight because I want to go to sleep.
0: That's always the reality, isn't it? The second that you have kids, your social life takes, I'm not going to take a dive, but a turn. a very sharp turn because your reality is that much different. And I'm sorry, you can't get it. You know, you you can't explain it. You You can only explain it to people who genuinely have kids who are going through the grind with you. And, of course, you will deal with that shaming. You will deal with that discomfort. You will deal with that judgment. But you're right. Like, listen, you want to be out on the town and just go have drinks? I want to be home in my PJs and chill. You know? But and I, I to want you here.
1: out of my house by midnight.
0: Because I can't be living it up right now. I got, <laughs> I got sleep to catch up on. You
1: know? Like, I got things to do. Don't you have your own house? But um, to be honest and and to be fair, I lost those friends because, yes, I was working and my priorities were different. But I also learned that I burn bridges really easily. Mm -hmm. But I don't regret that I've burned them. Because at the same time, the fact that I had no way to repair that bridge with whomever I lost gave me time to observe. And it gave me time to observe many different people have. who is with you when you cannot provide when you cannot help when you are just like a bucket of problems and issues who do you have when people look at you and are like oh you have mental health issues i don't really want to be your friend right now like when when you need help and everybody distances themselves who do you have and that's why i wanted to speak with you today because i realize that you have nobody but you you have nobody but you but your child has nobody but you.
0: Exactly. You might be going through your own reality. You might be going through your own turmoil. You might be going through your own distress. But at the end of the day, this person, this person that you brought into the world, this person who is literally looking up to you, has nobody else but you.
1: Exactly. And, and that is the most worrisome thing. So for me, you know, the hospital proved to be more like you know, a Haitian mechanic. You go in because your brakes are not working, then they'll talk to you about, you know, your tires and your windshield wipers. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that, that's what happened to me. One little issue became, oh, and we also found that, and we also found that, and we also found that, basically. They were like, while you're here, let's just go ahead and touch base with all the other stuff. Um, and I did, and I'm grateful that they did because, you know, a lot of these things would have eventually probably put me... And the ICU much later during the year, but it's still something that I wish they hadn't, because it changed my life. Realizing that my health is also an important factor in parenthood changed my life. Because I cannot be the parent I want to be, the parent I imagine that I can be by myself. It is really difficult and to what price?
0: I want you to touch on that because I think this is very important the projected um, consideration of the type of parent we want to be for our kids versus does what you want to do is what you can do, you know, the potential versus the resources that you have. And if you can, what type of parent do you want to be? I mean, because, again, this is just me. And I'm just bearing real because you're my friend. I'm just being honest. You're a killer mom. What type of parent do you want to be? And where, where do those expectations fall short?
1: Oh, I'm not a killer mom at all. I fail at so many things you wouldn't believe. I mean, I only sent you the pictures of the good stuff. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, no, it, 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 those are all you know. For me, being the parent I want to be would mean that being able to provide a an environment that is wholesome. You know, when when. Me as a person, when I'm all the gears are working right, you know what I mean? And, and that's never going to happen because obviously the law of chaos, it's, it's natural. Nothing is ever working right. But when your heart's not working right and your joints aren't working right and a certain organ isn't working right, it's, it's, it's a lot to take in. You have little hands clawing and pawing at you and, and asking you for help. Or needing a sandwich at ten o'clock at night, building a fort on your bed right now—little <laughs> things like that. And, you know, it, it's bedtime. He should be in bed, but he cannot because I have to bake a cake. I have to. I have things I need to do. Who's going to put him in bed? If I'm the only parent he has, and a lot of people judge single mothers, a lot of people judge single parents. Forget the whole mother thing. Single parents in general. In general, because I bet there is a single father somewhere going through what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there, there is no stigma at being 100% human and faulty. It's okay to be sick and to not be able to, to be the mom who blows up the balloon. I could not blow up a balloon at my son's graduation. Why? Because I don't have the lung capacity for that right now. And it hurt my my feelings. But my son understood it. And he's fine with it. But he shouldn't. There's no seven-year-old in the world who should understand that his mother, who seemed limitless months ago, now seems very limited. And he doesn't understand why. And honestly, what are you going to tell him?
0: How are you handling the blow?
1: To me, it's not a blow. To me, it's... God's break. That's how I see it. Because what I... The way I am, I, I kind of see myself kind of like a hurricane where I kind of grab everything that's on my way and wherever I'm going, we're all going. It is what it is. Je passe, je passe. The mess I'm leaving behind is the mess I'm going to be leaving behind. Because I have somewhere to be and I have somebody I'm taking with me. Now... If during that sutrage, if during you know, that journey, um, I'm going to get battered and beaten, and it is what it is. Because again, at the end of the day, I'm leaving somebody behind who will still need my help. It, it is the hardest, hardest thing to think. All right, I'm sick. I need $6,000 for the doctor, but then I also need tuition money and new uniforms money. Like, I'm sick, but I cannot afford to spend more than two weeks in the hospital because that is already one whole paycheck. Or, exactly. Or, I'm sick, but I need to go back to work. So just give me a note that says I'm cleared to work and give me the strongest medicine you have.
0: Just send me out there. I don't have time to mend. I don't have time to take care of myself. I don't have time to, you know, factor in the fact that my body literally is telling me to shut down. But,. I have to get back in this because there's somebody that needs me. And that is a very real reality for a lot of people.
1: And that is a reality for a lot of people. Now, what what does touch me is that, you know, the people that I never expected to come through for me are the people that did come through for me. I can honestly say that I have one friend, one friend that stuck with me through thick and thin from the beginning of my illness to now. And actually he was the one who realized I was sick and picked me up over his shoulder at six o'clock in the morning and dragged me to the doctor's. Sure. Okay. It's, you know, it, it's, I have, it, it's the little things. I ended up being so sick and actually needing help. And when you do need help, and I remember speaking to you about that. And I said, Ask. I said, find your support system, find your friends, find the people who love you and ask. I did that. I regret doing it. Why? Because find your support system and find the people who will help. <laughs> the people who you think will help or the people who you think are your support system are not. I reached out to many people when I needed help. I needed um, emotional support. When I say help, I don't mean physical or financial or material help, but it's nice to have somebody to speak to, somebody that you consider a friend for years or, you know, just a, a cousin, a sibling, and to have them reject you or ignore you or, you know, send you thoughts and prayers.
0: <laughs> Love and light. Love and light.
1: Love and light. Love and light that they can shove somewhere where it doesn't shine. Um, Sorry.
0: It's okay. <laughs> that,
1: that came flower out really flower. flowery. Um so, so that made me realize that I lost many friends. I didn't have any, and that's okay with me. Um, it also made me realize that a lot of people always thought I was crazy, which is okay with me, too. You know what I mean? I mean, if you're going to tell my business, I least tell it right. It's okay.
0: <laughs> so it really was a, both a revealing but also a painful process to actually set yourself yeah. straight in terms of who is part of your circle. <laughs> and, like, how you go about, the- wow, while wow, yeah. you're dealing with all this, wow.
1: Exactly. So I um I had physical issues, and um, then I ended up having social issues because, you know, when you're sick, you're not exactly the person that people want to see. You're not the one they want to hang out with. And uh, believe me, they don't want to give you any handouts either. Because right now, if you're sick, um, let's say, I need a bag of bread. I'm, I can't go get it. I can just be like, "Hey, on your way. When you're coming to see me, can you bring me a bag of bread? Like I have the money here. I'll give it to you." But then they don't want to come see you because at that point you become needy. You become a problem. You are no longer fun. You are no longer a, a, a commodity. You're not the new person they want to show off. You're the comfortable person with the hole that now they want to give to Salvation Army.
0: That's so heavy, you know. Man
1: it is best friends and all of those people, like people that I I really loved and cared about. And I'm not going to say that they abandoned me, but it could have been that, you know, we may have outgrown each other. And in my time of need, I probably didn't see it. Or she probably didn't see it, but, you know, connections are no longer
0: there. You You see that, you recognize that, you acknowledge it. And you understand that it's a different chapter now.
1: Well, I see it, and I do acknowledge it, but I'm—I am bitter about it because I do feel that um, there could have been different ways to uh, approach that, and I certainly wouldn't have done it while somebody was in the hospital asking me for help. But that's me, and you know, I, I do believe that occasionally I am kinder than most. It's scary, and it's eye-opening. Um, it hurts. Uh, It's very therapeutic as well because it gives you time to examine what you've done. It gives you time to think about what you need to do. Um, It gives you time to see where you are. And I was pretty satisfied with with where I am. And when I made it to the hospital, I hated everywhere. I hated it. I, I hated the timeline. I hated my results. I I hated everything, everywhere, everyone.
0: And there's also that feeling that you can't do anything about it.
1: I felt helpless. You know, it's that thing of you don't want pity, but you need help. And you want to fix the situation, but you can't because it's out of your hands. So what happens is one of the side effects of what I have is I have occasional intermittent hand tremors. Unfortunately, it it does look like, you know, I'm having kind of shakes or, you know, withdrawal issues. You can even hear it in my voice once in a while where I'll sound a little bit more excited. Mm -hmm. But it's not. It's just that my heart rate picks up and so does everything else. Mind you, right now, I'm sitting down on the floor like I'm not really doing anything specific. So those little things are the things that I have to constantly watch out for and, and, you know, pace myself Mm -hmm. With because people will judge you. You know, they look at you and you approach them and you're twitchy and you speak fast. And then you have tremors, and they're like, "Ooh, she's a junkie. So that's, that's my new, I'm learning. I'm learning to deal and I'm learning to be because I was forcibly put in different shoes.
0: So the universe um, somehow very ironically made a choice for you.
1: Yes, it has. My, the trajectory for me has changed and it's not my doing. And it is only one that I can follow. I cannot fight it. I cannot cure it. I can't even negotiate with it. Life has told me, hey, change your plans. This is you. I don't know what's going on. I don't know where it's going to end. I don't even know if tomorrow my doctor is not going to call me with bad news. You know what I mean? And nobody does. Nobody does. But it sucks more when it's on paper.
0: You have medical assessment. Telling you that, okay, these are the facts.
1: I do. Yeah, I have a few. um, You know, I have my my, my little cocktail that I take. I I do my own thing. I mean, I'm not going to croak right then and there. You know what I mean? Like, you guys are still stuck with me for a couple of years.
0: (laughs) But it's become um, a more significant um, item of concern, whether you have to take care of yourself and be more mindful of how you push yourself
1: that is correct it is that that is how you know i have to live now Now it 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 will affect you know my baking obviously we've already discussed how it affects motherhood um but what we haven't really discussed and what i really wanted to touch is how it affects people mentally to have to rewire yourself entirely
0: How do you go from that mindset of being a super mom to just like, okay, as you mentioned, God's break, God's emergency break. You have to pull the brakes and do things totally differently because you're revealing so much. And I can only imagine the road ahead. You were were about to change a lot of things drastically right now.
1: I was, I really was. I was rebranding my baking business, new menu. I had a small partnership going on with a couple of, you know, delivery places, um, even a farmer's market. I had a part-time job that I was doing so that, you know, I could fund a new oven. So I have little things going on. And I had little things going on. Unfortunately, with the heart that is not beating right and the blood that's flowing backwards, at that point, I need to learn to pace myself. I need to be slower. I need to, you know, not pay attention to my stressors because the minute I get a spike in the the, the way my heart pumps and it's a problem now so that also means keeping my mood in check which is very difficult when you have a mouth like mine and can't. <laughs> you know my mouth and my face don't 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 talk to each other so i am here i'm young i'm in my 30s um but i now have to live like uh, you know i'm 40 50 <laughs> no caffeine no alcohol no nicotine um that pretty much sounds like a you know, healthy lifestyle for a lot of people, but when you know the reasons why, then, then that's when you kind of you know start wondering what is going on. When the doctors have to go looking at the deeper, smaller stuff, you know, you have high levels of dopamine, high levels of epinephrine, um, tricuspid regurgitation, um, you know, the basilar acetatasis and they just they keep finding issues, and you feel overwhelmed and then, you know, your tooth cracks for no reason, and you swallow the other half while you were sleeping, and now you You're need cracking. a root canal. <laughs> I feel like somebody has my voodoo doll, like, if you guys could just give me, like, a week off, that'd be nice.
0: <laughs> just out of nowhere, all these things happen. You know when everybody says, like, "Okay, can a guy catch a break? Can you catch I a can't break, catch a can
1: break. No, not me. It's not in the cards for me. You know, if I'm going to blaze a trail, I might as well do it bulldozing. And and that is no matter what issue is in my way. I've been doing it by myself. I I can't say by myself entirely because I do have an amazing family. And my ex-husband does, you know, speak to his son occasionally. Um, But over the past seven years, it's been me the working two jobs, three jobs, trying to make enough money to you know, take care of a child and provide the necessities and not even luxuries really, but, you know, the moderate necessities. Because I I wasn't born with a golden spoon or a silver spoon,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but my parents made an effort where, you know, I never felt less than the other children. So that is the same effort that I am giving to my son. So the, I feel that people should really appreciate their parents, look at them a little harder, guys, please, especially my generation, is what they are doing for you is exactly what I am trying to do for my son. And it almost killed me. It is hard. It's not even to be a single parent, but just to be a parent in general. So all this talk about, you know, ask for help. I'm going to tell you now that I have lived it. And I know you guys are not going to ask for help. I know you're not because I haven't. But what's gonna happen is exactly what happened to me. One day everything is just gonna blow up and you're gonna be walking yourself into the ER and fainting in the hands of the nurse.
0: Because you didn't ask for help.
1: I did not ask for help. I just I I, I refused. I had things to do. And even then and it's a general thing. Even your own family, if you know you're sick, they'll tell you, Oh, you're not sick, there's no such thing. You're just very stressed out. And it could be. It could be, but there's also a time when you do need to listen to your body because you know yourself. And I know me. I've always been a very curvaceous person, very bodacious, that's for sure. Now I kind of look like a dry spaghetti.
0: That was, that's a dramatic. <laughs> the, just the fact that you talked about the, your drop in weight. It's not a small drop, man.
1: No, it isn't. And the thing is, there's no diet or change of, uh, you know, it's just, there wasn't. It's just, it's just, I dropped. I went from a size 14, but now to a size 4. And a lot of people will come up to you, and and people are very shallow. They'll come up to you and tell you how great you look, you're so sexy, what's the secret. And often I've wanted to be like, thank you, I'm sick. (laughs) You know, like, shut up, mind your business. I was fat then and i I'll be fat after. Like, what's the problem? You know, good manners goes that you tell them thank you, and you come up with a fake diet that you've been doing or some exercising, and you call it a day.
0: Yeah, eat a lot of beets.
1: Yeah, alkaline water, the whole shebang. But it's 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 um it's debilitating, okay? To be able to preach something is one thing. And then to preach it and leave, live it, that's something else. Live and relive it. Because it's not the first time that I've been sick and I had a hospital stay. It was that one moment where I caught E. coli and Haiti and my kidney started breaking down. It's just, I'm not the type to publicize and put out. I will smile and have my little pictures on my Instagram. I am a very private person. And I am aware of what is out there. What is spoken or what isn't spoken. I mean, if y'all are not talking about me, that's even better. You know what I mean? Like, drink water, pee 75 times a day. It's great. Um, but if somebody is or if my name does happen to be someone, nobody really knows what's going on. And it's usually just, you know, on zin. In the distance, nothing concrete. And I don't bother to correct. I don't bother to support the facts either.
0: Lord knows you got better stuff to deal with.
1: Oh, my God. Anyway, the rumor is that right now I'm on cocaine.
0: People can be so shallow.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. So, you know, they have like either I'm sick or it's the cocaine or there's something that they, they, there's always something. People are shallow. So I decided and that is with this, you know, with everything that's going on, my health matters before everything else and that does matter before my child too because it's like if I can't take care of it then it's not going to provide me the electricity I need if I don't have the, the gasoline of everything you know I don't have my fuel it's not going to work my mental health I'm associating with my health in general
0: mm-hmm.
1: hence I've decided that I, I've lost the filter socially and diplomatically as well You know, now people will come up to me and be like, oh, my gosh, you look great. What are you doing? I'm like, I'm sick. I'm sick. Or like, oh, my gosh, your son is so great. I'm like, no, he's not. Okay? like I will put you in that awkward position to make you think about what you just said to me. Because it's made me realize that people are insensitive to your problems. And so when you talk about racism and then somebody cuts you off to talk about veganism, about how, you know, eating vegetables can rebalance, um, can rebalance everybody's, how do you call it, neurotransmitters or some, you know, some hippie stuff. Mm-hmm. but <laughs> There's always somebody, there's always something that comes out with a lack of tact.
0: Something spoken and with a total detachment, not even understanding the weight of what you're saying.
1: Exactly. And it's time to fight that back as well. Among one of the illness people found for me, anxiety was the main one. Like, diagnosed and medicated. The whole shebang. And i decided to no longer have a filter because it's a nocif. It is not good. It's not good for you to always be handling people with white gloves and walking on eggshells. I feel that you don't like me. I will tell you that I feel that you don't like me. And I don't need you to like me. But because I know you don't like me, I'm not going to stay in your vicinity.
0: I don't need your bad energy and I respect you enough not to layer you with mine.
1: Exactly. So it's come to that point where, you know, I'm moving.
0: And that's coming down most to anybody. the honest thing you can do. It's the most honest thing you can do. That's called self-preservation.
1: It's raw right now. And that's the scariest. You know, when when... You've done it for so long that it has left you raw. When when going on and climbing the mountain has left you ragged and raw, like you've crawled it on your stomach, where do you go? Who do you have? Yourself. Because people don't help each other. And we're not there for each other. You are born alone and you will die alone. And I say that without, you know, holding any resentment towards anybody. Even the people I may have, you know... Not so subtly called out in this podcast. But it's, it's hard. believe it. I'll tell you this. It's, nobody's going to ask for help. And that is why I was like, I have something to say. I know for a fact that if somebody out there right now needs help, they're choking with it. They're in pain. They're not going to ask you. Because you're going to belittle them. You're going to judge them. You're going to make their illness or how they feel about you You're going to relate to your experiences and your issues without listening to the person. You're not going to help them in a way that is helpful or concrete. You're going to offer thoughts and prayers, or you're going to offer occasional check-ins. When the person right now needs help, it doesn't have to be financial help. It has to be physical help. Somebody who is actually hurting doesn't want to hear from you. They want to see you do.
0: They need action. They need to be cared for.
1: Exactly. And at that moment, that's what I needed the most. And I, I found it on a handful of people. I can tell you exactly how many people I reached out to. And it took me a week, a week to see that I did not count for these people as much as they counted for me. Some of them were blood. Some of them were friends of 20 years. Some of them were friends of five years. But I know for a fact that had I been in their shoes, I would have done things differently.
0: Do you hold resentment? Do you hold pain? Do you hold um, grudges?
1: Of course I do. I'm human. Of course I do. I I don't forget. That is my problem. I wouldn't call it like a a, a grudge or resentment, but it's like carrying a scar. You remember where you got it from. And I'm pretty sure you're not going to go do the same stupid thing to get the same exact scar
0: on a different location. What holds us back from asking for help? And I'm, I know it's a rhetorical question. That's why I just want to fire off your way.
1: For me, it was pride. And it was also the fact that, I mean, you're not dumb. If I'm talking to you and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm in the hospital right now. This is what's happening. I wasn't able to pay this. I haven't eaten in this many days. Not that that was my case, but I'm just giving examples. The natural person would be like, what room are you in? Like, let me see you. Um, like, what do you need? Where's your, you know, something. Not, oh, Wow, I'm so sorry. Okay, let me know. Where was, oh, wow, I'm so sorry, let me know when you needed to borrow some funds from me. It's just common decency. Unless it's, it's an acquaintance, there's, it's just common decency. But I'm realizing that that common decency cannot be extended to everybody. You can't expect everybody to have it. So I cannot say that I hold resentment, but for sure, I remember my scars.
0: You acknowledge how you feel in the process.
1: That's too pretty. <laughs> that is way too pretty of a definition. I'm not trying to. We're not being poetic about the pain and the hurt here.
0: You're hurt you're because hurt. it's
1: tre- it feels like treason. That's what it, it, it's. I'm raw because when you realize that something that big hits you and you turn out to the people that you considered, you know, your family, your 18, and you realize that you don't have one.
0: It's pretty sobering.
1: It is sobering because now you've got double the serving of problems on your plate. You've got your health issues, your, your your mental health issues, the fact that you life continues. Because life does continue. You still have to go to work, provide that. note. your bills don't wait. The, the bank does not care if you're sick.
0: Life doesn't care. Life goes on. That is the one irrefutable fact about life is that it goes on.
1: That is correct. Life goes on. We have no choice. So, yeah, we bend, but we don't break. But... All that bending eventually causes a crease that will break. I broke.
0: And if you can break, imagine. Anybody
1: can. And the thing is, there's no repair. The first step in your treatment is you. You need to pick your battles. And all of those things that we say are easily said than done is true. They are easily said than done.
0: We all have bad days. We have bad, those days full of burden. You know, we have those days full of confusion. We have those days where we're just tired. There are those days where we just like want to get in bed, get under the covers, and just fall asleep and forget the world. But we can't because we got to show up and do the work over and over again. These are very real feelings.
1: These are real feelings, but I mean, for example, healthcare where I am right now, it's it's ridiculous. It is it's crap but that's what you get you need to find a doctor they're all booked from september your next bet is december november but then your job needs you to provide a doctor's note what do you do well personally i just throw a fit and i lay down and i cry in the office for 15 minutes but that's just me and i was like oh she doesn't give notes that's great i'll just sit here and wait because i can't go to work without a note but it's just it's you can't do anything It is a staple of being a healthy person, being able to provide or being a parent. You cannot do both. You cannot do three of them at the same time, actually. You can't. Not by yourself. It is easier with a partner. I will not lie. It is easier with a partner. Now, do you need a partner? No, you don't need a partner. But it will be harder and you will cry and there will be blood and sweat and tears, that's for sure. And you will sacrifice a lot, down to sacrifices, bits and pieces of yourself, quite literally, people, believe me. It doesn't get better. It's not pretty. It's freaking gorgeous. But, you know, the the road through it, the trekking, is not pretty.
0: Obviously. And this is just me always as, as a caring individual. What does tomorrow hold? How do you wake up and what is the tomorrow It's like, okay, are we waiting for a next appointment? How do you take care of yourself? What are the small steps that we're doing, you know?
1: For- um, well, I wake up, I take my nice little, you know you know, in the mornings I take my, my decaf coffee and uh, I get William ready for either school or his day, make him breakfast. Um, I'll take the medicines he's prescribed by my doctor check to see if I have any baking or cooking waters and then head back to work. Um, if William needs food, I'll make him something, spend a little time with him, shower, sleep, and then head back to work. That is me. And then in between all that, I have my doctor's appointments, my, my testing, coposcopies, um, and everything else that may be necessary.
0: Your boy's right there with you. Well,
1: I don't really have a choice. I mean, where else would he be? <laughs> That is the responsibility. You know, children are not a choice. Children are given by God, by nature, by life, whatever.
0: I say this all the time. Kids don't ask to be born.
1: They don't ask to be born. It is, I'm not saying it's a pain or, you know, but it is your responsibility. It's nice if you have help. Um, and if Always. you don't, then I understand you wholeheartedly. And I am saying that unless you have lived the situation, do not sit there and tell parents that, one, they can ask for help. And do not assume that a parent will ask for help. Do not assume that any individual who is hurt or in pain is going to ask for help. Because, you know, and it, I, I'm backtracking from my first podcast with you, actually. If you're saying this, ask for help, somebody will help. Ask for help, but realize that nobody may
0: help. And you got to go back to what you were saying as well in the beginning. Sometimes, again, the only person that's left is you. And the only person that's left is you. Now, you...
1: Maybe he's retired to continue, but you still have to. The question is, at what
0: price? What are you willing to put up with? What are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to forego? Here we are talking about your health.
1: Exactly. So for my health, I am sacrificing a lot of relationships and people that honestly, as much as I love Their lack of communication with me and, you know, how our lives have changed or, you know, the things that they do tell me on their day-to-day basis are no longer fruitful or healthy for me. Um, I changed the way, the hours at which I work because I definitely need more rest. Um, I I need more rest. I need a different income because, you know, medicine is not, it's not cheap. (laughs) My social life has changed as well. For example, right now, I have no intention of dating whatsoever. Anyone. None. I have no intention of having children either. None. And all of those things, your life changes with a word written on a paper from a doctor. Your goals change. Your, your, your needs change. Your necessities change. Your, your wants change. Everything changes because of one pesky it's just one thing and it boils down from there it boils down to forcing introspectives to you know what kind of parent you are how flippantly you've been speaking because that matters as well you know I can sit here and be like oh but you know parenting is hard and now I can say parenting is hard now somebody can tell me I can't send money to my family I will believe them because that happens
0: You have to focus all those resources, all that energy, all that time into your children, into your health.
1: So those are my priority right now, my health and my child. I I have no time for anything else. And I doubt I would ever find anybody who understands um, how much I I, I need to focus on my child. Because if you do not focus on something else, then believe me, the world is a shit show. It's a shit show. The wheels keep turning and you're just like that one... Cog that's not working right. And what what happens when a piece and machinery is not working right? I take it out. So you know, I, I, I figure that eventually the end of the road is my cog stop turning and eventually don't have to take it out.
0: So you got a long road ahead. Oh, hopefully the road is long.
1: I mean I do like to defy doctors. <laughs> You know, I, I, I like to, you know, piss them off a little bit.
0: <laughs> I do not doubt that in the least. Knowing you, those have to be some very interesting meetings between you and the doctors.
1: Well, I, I'm not his favorite patient, I'll tell you that. Usually, he's, he, he's so smiley with the others.
0: Hmm. Like <laughs> there she is again. <sighs>
1: It's true. I mean, is it probably because I brought him an apple and I told him I wouldn't throw it at anybody? Because I mean, just, I just—I was trying to be nice, but you know, people are so sensitive here.
0: <laughs> this is true. This is true.
1: People are uh-huh. sensitive. I mean, to recap, honestly, the baking has to be on hold. Um, Motherhood is the only thing that I cannot put on hold, and I do have, you know, it's come to the point where you do have to sacrifice your health a little because you are the only parent. Um, you know, guys, that is not a hand for you guys to come and ask me how you doing. Please, let's not do that because okay. you don't want these problems. Believe me.
0: Please, you don't want these problems. Let them go. Let them go. <laughs> All right. If we're staying on the practical side. Just Mm -hmm. if we're using you. And again, I can't thank you enough for being so vulnerable about it. You know, most people, you know, wouldn't be so forthcoming, but you're definitely the right person to share this experience. And I thank you for reaching out in terms of, you know, just using yourself as, you know, let's just say like you know, the visual guinea pig of what happens when you lose sight or you put in, I won't say the wrong energy because sacrifice is sacrifice because we all know this as parents. We love our kids and we're going to do it. The end all and be all to be there for them. But there are consequences and dire ones. But if we're just talking about, okay, warning signs, prevention, you know, little tips and advice. What can we tell people?
1: Don't ignore anything that feels odd to you. Really don't. That's what I did. The mistake of, you know, when you have constant, let's say, colds or flus. We speak often. How many times do I tell you I have a cold or a flu? Not often. Uh, exactly. So, little things that you know are not usually you. Don't listen to other people. You know your body. You're not being hysterical. You're not being, you know, a, a hypochondriac. You, something's wrong. Don't be afraid to go and get it checked out. Now, if you don't like the result of what it is, you're going to have to push through. Because sometimes the thing that you thought would never happen to you is the thing that is happening to you. I never thought that, you know, I mean, I'm a busy bee. I'm everywhere. I'm walking really fast everywhere. But now I have to slow down. Um, I, I'm, I'd rather think I am social. Turns out I hate people. People give me anxiety. I hate people. I, I don't like to be looked at. I don't like to be bothered. Don't ask me questions. Don't touch me. It's not that I'm short-tempered.
0: It's just not part of your programming.
1: And no, it's it. not. So it's the little things that you, know, you, you, you feel it. Trust it and go. I've always felt my heart beating fast. I never knew that, you know, it wasn't normal. For me, everybody's heart beat that fast. And my head. It's not like you can put your hand on somebody's chest and just be like, oh, how, how, how fast does your heart beat? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, you feel it, you see it, you hear it. It's you that is enjoying it. So if you tell somebody, oh, I'm in pain, they don't understand how much it hurts. They're not feeling it. It's you who needs to get up and go get it done.
0: You have to mind yourself and your body because it definitely boils down and it's all interconnected.
1: And I know you're not going to. Nobody is because I didn't. And I waited until it was almost too late. The only reason why nothing can be done for me right now is because I'm too young. So the medicine that would have to be on would really mess me up. Um. It's usually, you know, 60, (laughs) 70-year-olds. But um, it has to happen eventually. So it's monitoring. I would hate for somebody else to be in the same situation that I am. You feel it, you need to go. Even if you think that, you know, you're depressed or your brain isn't there. Those are also symptoms of certain things. I'm not going to say mental health issues because obviously those are not the only things that could happen. Mm -hmm. But they could also be symptoms of physical issues, neurological issues. You do need to go see somebody. You stop being scared. Stop the stigma that we are strong and we are independent women and we can do this. There's nothing wrong with being incapable of checking every box. You don't have to check every box. Whether you are a man or a woman, you don't have to have, you know, two, sur points, three, four, five, six.
0: And definitely what you main thing you need to do, just to bring it back again, you need to take care of yourself. That's the one thing you have to do.
1: See, I'm not stressing that because I know for a fact that nobody does it.
0: This part, It's not something we do. It is not something that we naturally do. We're always going to put that energy elsewhere because, you know, we're okay. I'm fine. I'm exactly. fine. I'm good. I'm fine.
1: It's it, it's it's really hard. So I don't even stress taking care of yourself. It's just when you feel that little anything in your body, go. There's no I know my car. It, it's not. It's not I know my car. If it feels wrong, go.
0: Do it. Assess it. Work your way from there.
1: And don't wait till it's too long because when, when you wait. It's probably too late.
0: Emma, there are no words. Um, I'm not even sugarcoating it. This, uh, this was a very powerful exchange. You're practically family, so there's a lot of emotion going through here, but again, I'm only hoping that you know you're going to go and get through this. Um, definitely keep us posted. But as far as this conversation is concerned, um, I can't thank you again for your generosity in sharing your story. Um, because it's definitely something that needs to be said. And we need to lift the lid off this, um, you know, false assumption that as parents, as mothers, as single parents, that we have to do it all. We have to be perfect. We have to per- check, all, like you said, check all the boxes. It is impossible. It is toxic. It is self-destructive. It's a bad formula. And if we don't address it, and if we don't learn to recognize those triggers, as you put it, it can be too late and very dire, really quick. It's a bad formula. So I want to thank you for being so courageous and sharing this with us. And I can't say thank you enough. For now, that's all I have. Um, But my words are very genuine and very true. So really, very much. Thank you for being here.
1: No, it was my pleasure. This one's a little bit somber compared to my first um, podcast. (laughs) 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 But I promise, guys, that the next time you hear from me, it'll be with a drinking hand and, you know, a little bit less holy water.
0: Where can we connect with you on the interwebs, my dear? If people want to reach out? You know, just to say, okay, again, not with the like, you know, the, the the pity party, but you know, if people just want to say hi, you know, send a shout out. Where can people reach you?
1: You can find me on Instagram at twenty one twelve period zero five fifteen, and then of course you can Google me, Facebook me. I mean, I don't know, stalk me you're down. I'm all over the place.
0: You're all over the place. I'll definitely (laughs) link everything up on the blog post. Um, Man, again, it's been a genuine treat. Um, Again, with the ongoing tradition I do, just with closing off every episode, floor is yours, kind thought, happy thought, quote, you know, or just like, again, a reminder for the cash app, something, you know, people can wake up with tomorrow, you know, and take that next step towards the next level.
1: It's okay not to check all the boxes. That's really my main sentence. It's okay. Super mom no more doesn't mean that you're no longer mom.
0: You give them permission.
1: Yeah. It's okay. It doesn't impact. It's only yours. It only impacts you. All those little things that you are worrying yourself to death with. Are you going to carry them to your grave? Because best believe the worries are not staying on earth with you. That's what it is. So check your boxes, guys.
0: I can't say it enough. It's been an amazing, an amazing, an amazing experience because um, there's a lot of this I didn't know, even though we talk all the time. There's mm. a lot I didn't know. And, uh, you know, it just goes to show, you know, if you have the courage to actually speak up, you know, it's just the power of just sharing. Like you said, it's not about monetary. It's not about physical, but just having the truth and honesty to actually, you know, say what's up, you know. And you need somebody to listen, you need somebody to talk to. This is the example, guys. So, again, thank you for everything. Thank you for sharing your story. And we'll definitely stay in touch. But for the time being, I'm hoping that this evening is going to be a restful one. Say hi to the little man. And, uh, again, honored to have you on the podcast once again. Man. Can guys, it's been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. I am your host Olivier. My guest Emmanuel. Eli. Uh, definitely uh, hit her up on Instagram. I'll link up all the social presences on the, the pod, on the blog post for the episode once it goes live. Um, guys, do, t- do stay in touch. Share the episode, like it. You know, if you if this resonates with you in any way, definitely le- let us know. Uh, the email for the podcast: awaken the awesome at gmail.com. Uh, parting words for the evening, guys. As always, stay beautiful, stay safe, stay sane, stay resilient. And as always, do take care, take care of of each other, and do stay awesome. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We do love to get your feedback, so please drop us a line. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review. We always do appreciate your support, and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.